I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter and later on our podcast channel. If you're listening or watching on the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button and we're building up the channel and there's going to be loads of great content to come from now on. And thank you as always for following us on our podcast channel. Hit that like and leave us a rating and review if you get the chance as well. It's time for our usual Monday show. And for the first time in many, many, many months, we come into it saying, Aaron, that Newcastle United have lost a Premier League game. It doesn't feel right saying it. I feel a little bit dirty. But Newcastle's unbeaten run has come to an end. How are you feeling a couple of days later after this Liverpool defeat? It's an unusual feeling. and It was an unusual feeling on Saturday night, actually sort of going into that post-match press conference, haven't actually asked Eddie Howe about with a feat because we've just became so accustomed to them salvaging a point or, you know, keeping the winning run going. So I think, you know, plenty of positives to take from the defeat, which I'm sure we'll go into. Um, so it didn't it didn't actually feel that much like a defeat, didn't it? I think the more sort of overriding feeling was just about Nick Pope and about, you know, the ramifications for Wembley, more than sort of Newcastle's, you know, unbeaten run finally coming to an end. Well, this is it. I actually felt more down and angry after Newcastle drew with Bournemouth. I, I left St James's Park on Saturday, having watched them lose two 0 to Liverpool, thinking, actually, I'm in, I'm in a good, I'm in a good mood here. It seems strange because the unbeaten run came to an end, but that was their best performance I felt in the Premier League this year. It, it, it's certainly up there. I think maybe in 2023, it's it's probably been the best. I think. Um, sorry, I did say 2023, didn't I, when I made that point? Oh, sorry, I thought when you said the year, you meant, you know, the this, this year, no, no, this, this year. year. Goodness me, no. <laughs> um, I thought it was a very, very good performance. I think um, you could not tell that Newcastle were a team down to 10 men. Um, you know, it was just sort of 12 minutes of madness in the first half that really cost them, um, both on Saturday and, you know, could potentially cost them next week. But I think, you know, for 75% of that game, they more than matched Liverpool, and yes, you know, I had a lot of angry Liverpool fans in my Twitter mentions on Saturday night when I tweeted that, saying, oh, you know, we were, we took a foot off the gas because we had Real Madrid. But actually, I think it was more Newcastle, you know, actually putting, you know, the game to them and, and more than matching them. Yeah, Newcastle had their chances before Nick Pope's red card. Bless him, he's here on the green screen behind us looking dejected, understandably, because he does miss that EFL Cup final. Um, but they had the chances, as we say, before he got sent off and afterwards. I mean, in the second half, when you expected them to be really be tiring, you know, Isaac flashes one wide, there's a couple of headers. Um, Newcastle were really pushing Liverpool. And at times, I don't think you could really tell there was a man advantage in Liverpool's favour. I don't think you could at all. I think, you know, under previous managers, I think Newcastle go two down inside 20 minutes, have that keeper sent off, that would have been a you know, a bloodbath, but really Newcastle more than matched them. They were still, you know, going for it. I know we're gonna, you know, talk lots about Alan St Maximum, but I thought he was really crucial in making sure that Newcastle was still driving forward. And I think on another day they would have actually salvaged a point, if not more, because Alisson had to make a fantastic save for St Maximum in the first half. He's denied Callum Wilson at the end and Dan Burns hit the ball. So on another day you know, Newcastle could have came away with something from that. Yeah, you really felt if one of those chances yeah. goes in, that Callum Wilson effort goes in with, what, five or six minutes remaining, that it would it would be a nervy end for Liverpool. And you felt, I felt, that Newcastle would, would draw level. But I guess for all the positives that we're finding in them, and we've only spoken about a couple, and there's plenty more that I, I took from the game, the Nick Pope red card aside, because that's a massive negative, 
the other negative aspect, I guess, was the fact that their clinical touch is still not there. What we were seeing earlier in the season, when nearly everything they were hitting was going in the back of the net, or even if they were only creating two or three chances, they were putting them in the back of the net. It's totally just not there anymore. And you do wonder, you know, what more Eddie Howe can do because he can set up his team, he can set them up in a way where they create chances, and they did create plenty on Saturday. It's down to the players, though, isn't it, to, to put it in the back of the net, and it's just not happening at the moment. Yeah, I think Howe is still probably trying to work out what his best front of three is because, you know, he's starting Wilson, Wilson's getting injured, Isaac's having to come in, Maxim, uh, St Maximum's back because obviously Bruno is, has been suspended. I think, you know, you never really know which three are going to start at the minute, and I certainly don't know which three are going to start at Wembley on Sunday. So, it is a concern. I think the stat is six goals since Boxing Day and three of those came on Boxing Day. So, um, you know, how knows this? It's been a problem the last couple of weeks and it's something they need to, you know, rectify. And what makes it, you know, more pressing is the fact that Manchester United are scoring goals for absolute fun. Three yesterday, um, two against Barcelona. Marcus Rashford just seems to, you know, be hitting such a purple patch this year. So um, it's going to be interesting to see which three goes for on Sunday, I think. Yeah, most certainly. We'll, we'll get on to more Wembley chatter later in the show. And, and again, we, we, we've come on this podcast this episode to try and talk up Newcastle's performance. And like I said, I felt they did really well. But there was another negative aspect I think we've got to talk about. And, and people in the comments have mentioned it already, is the defence. Because for that first goal... The defence had just parted, and and whether it was a lack of communication between Trippier and Cher that allowed uh, Nunes wasn't it, to 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 run through, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. But again, it's it, it's not like Newcastle United are conceding goals of quality. I mean, it was a lovely pass, but if your defence or if it's Newcastle's defence from three or four months ago, that's not that's not happening. You know, he's not getting a shot off tar- on, on target there. He's not scoring. Mm-hmm. But the last three or four games, you know, the goal against West Ham, the goal against Bournemouth, all very basic defensive errors. And that's what's costing Newcastle United. It'd be a little bit easier to sleep at night, I think, if indeed Newcastle were getting beat by 30-odd screamers or mm-hmm. uh, a Peter Beardsley, you know, dribble through the middle. But they're not. It's, it, it's largely in part down to their own mistakes. Yeah, the last three games, you know, you've started to, you know, see little cracks in this defence which has been so solid the last couple of months obviously West Ham and Bournemouth two very very poor set pieces to concede I actually thought in real time on Saturday and obviously it's a bit difficult when you've got your head buried in the laptop and you're trying to keep up with everything that's going on I actually thought it was two just fantastic bits of play from Liverpool but when you watch it back actually you know Trent's assist and Salah's assist they were fantastic balls over top but the defence does look all over the place I think Trippier you know just sort of stops and puts his hand up when Nunes runs through. Gakpo is just allowed to, you know, wander unmarked when, when Salah plays the ball. So that was the first time for me really in a, in a long time, and I can't really remember the last time I thought this, that Newcastle's defence actually did look penetrable. You know, they, they've gone months without conceding big chances, without conceding, you know, hardly any goals. And, you know, should we have expected this? Was it always going to happen? You know, they, they can't... You know, even Manchester City, you know, league goals, even the best defence in the world, do. Sh- should we have expected it? Because I feel like we're sat here shocked that it's happened. Um, I don't know, but I think part of it is it's gone, it's been so good for so long. You so forget, now, don't you, that? Yeah, and now yeah. it's about how you react from that. And, you know, obviously, I don't know if it's, if it's good or bad that Newcastle's first chance to react will be in a cup final. Um, but at the same time, I don't think that, that should mask the fact that really the goals they've conceded of late are all avoidable. I know people will say, well, any goal is avoidable, but I do feel that the goals, especially of late, were just, you know, poor, poor defending, not what we've come to expect from Newcastle. And I wonder, is it tiredness? Because they have worked so hard over the last few months. We know how much effort they're putting. You've got to have real stamina, the way the house sets up his team. Is it the mind has been allowed to, to, to wander onto Sunday's final? Is it a mixture of both? Or maybe, maybe we're wrong. Maybe, maybe, you know, especially Liverpool's goals, maybe they were just top-class goals. I think there's an element of that. I think Salah's ball over top, you know, first time was very well. Trent has, you know, made a career out of picking passes like that over the top. So I think it is a bit of both, but I do agree that Newcastle did look a bit more fragile um, than they did. I mean, Liverpool really could have had another two or three if they wanted to 
in that second half as well. Uh, Dubravka made a fantastic save from Nunes. Robinson, you know, probably should have scored as well. So, look, sometimes, and, you know, this is an Eddie Howe classic, sometimes defeats can actually be positives. And look at the reaction after Cambridge and that run they went on at the second half last season. Look at the reaction to the defeat against Liverpool in August, you know, it's been well documented how well that was. You've got to hope that this is just a reset, refocus the mind, and it's back to it on Sunday. Well, David Stratton here makes an excellent point on Facebook. I wonder how much the undefeated run has played on their minds. Maybe we've been going out to, to not lose rather than try to win. And he might have a point in, in terms of, you know, they, they, they don't want to throw away that unbeaten run. And I made the point last week that maybe... You know, you just get it over with. Get the defeat out of the way. And like you say, maybe they can reset. Again, though, I make the point that is uh, the, re- the reset button being pressed just a few days before final, the, the right time to do it. Not that they had any choice, of course. Yeah, look, I mean, it's not ideal. We would have loved Newcastle to have, you know, kept this run going or at least got back to winning ways after a lot of draws. But it hasn't happened and it's about how they react now. And as you, know, as you say, hopefully it's a, you know, a little bit of a kick up the backside that they haven't had in recent weeks you know, to get that winning feeling back. I mean, it's not the most ideal preparation, you know, by any means, but, you know, how we'll have them drilled. And actually, how said at the end of the game, um, he's glad the final's here. You know, they've had four, three or four games in between the semi and the final where everybody's been talking about it, but Howe's saying, you know, we're focused on this game. It must be a huge relief for him and the players to finally be able to actually fully focus it and not just have one eye on it when they're trying to play Premier League games. Just on the defence, Jordi Toon for Life asks, do the defence miss Bruno as a number six protecting the back four from counter-attacks? We know he's excellent up front providing balls to the forwards, but in my opinion, we miss him as a six. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think, you know, we know that Joe Luton plays a lot better alongside him. We know Longstaff plays a lot better alongside him. You know, that was the first time this season that Newcastle had played Longstaff, Joe Luton and Anderson as a three starting, you know, and obviously... And so I do feel from because not the way he wants his first Premier League start to go. And actually, I think the stat is that Newcastle still haven't won this season without Bruno starting. So huge to get him back for Sunday because the the, the entire team, not just the defence, I think going forward as well, they just look a different, you know, animal when he's in the team. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's you know, I, I've done a video. It'll be up on YouTube later. The five positives to go into this week with uh, ahead of that final, and and then of course on that list is the fact that Bruno Gomes will be back, he will be ready to be picked and you assume in that starting eleven because like you say, he just brings a different uh, option, he's just different class, isn't he? Um, I guess though it also goes to show you just what Newcastle maybe need to do in the summer so that they're not left in this position next season that should Bruno pick up an injury, should he get suspended, then they're looking around thinking, well okay, you know, we've gone from this performance level and we've gone down a level because we haven't got that man there. They need to go out and they need to make sure that Eddie Howe has the options that allows him to replace Bruno for whatever reason. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, we knew that after January. We knew that in January, really. I think Eddie Howe knew that in January. And that decision to let Shelby go just, you know, looks more and more ill-judged every day. But, um, you know, it's something that we've said, you know, a lot on this podcast. They've kept the powder relatively dry in Jan with you know potential European qualification on the cards, they're going to have to have a big overhaul in the summer. And a number six or another midfielder, another two midfielders really need to be high on the list, I think. Mm, Bru- uh, Ian says, Bruno always gives the defence an out if they're in trouble, which isn't always there with other players. And he also says, he felt Newcastle were the better footballing team against Liverpool, but that means nothing when we make uncharacteristic mistakes, uh, which we've just obviously just talked about there. We're going to have to now talk about Nick Pope's red card. Do I have to? We're going to have to. He's on the green screen behind <laughs> me, as we mentioned. And, you know, your, your heart does break from him. He's been superb. I mean, I haven't done the maths, but he's probably in Newcastle several points <laughs> with uh, some man of the match performances. Gareth Southgate was in the crowd as well <laughs> a week before the final. It was just, I mean, you talk about uncharacteristic mistakes. I mean, that is very unlike Nick Pope. There have been examples earlier in the season, one against Manchester City, I seen him where he's, he's just maybe misjudged, he's come out, I think it bounced over him at this occasion. This time he didn't quite get away with it, to say the least. Uh, I mean, I, it was instinct, wasn't it? It was, Absolute yeah. instinct, and probably proves why 
uh, <laughs> why he's a goalkeeper rather than a, than an outfield player. I mean, just just sum up your initial reaction in those moments. What did you think? I'm trying to think. Don't swear. Yeah, Don't swear. Right. I was just about, I had to had to watch my words there. I think it it was a moment of oh my god, what have we just seen? A lot of heads and hands in the press box, and then there was just sort of this two or three second delay while everyone was just you know the cogs were turning and everyone sort of looked at each other and went oh my god the final oh my god what they're gonna do and actually the, the funniest thing was is that you know I got I got picked up from the station as uh, from the stadium on Saturday night and my. You know, my partner turned up and went, oh, you know, I've seen about Nick Bolt, I'm gutted. At least we got Dubrovka, and I went, no, 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 Dubrovka's cup time. And she went, oh, bloody hell, well, at least I've got Darlow. <laughs> and I was going, yeah, you really, really, <laughs> if you thought Newcastle were in a bit of a pickle, time's up by 100. But yeah, it was, as you say, very uncharacteristic, very unfortunate. Pope came flying out of his net after about five minutes, didn't he, and headed one clear. Very similar when Nunes was racing in, and I think... I mean, I had my heart in my, you know, in my mouth at that point. And I think he's probably came out again thinking, right, I've done this once, I can do it again. He's, as he's slipped, he's misjudged the ball. And then it's just instinct, isn't it, to, to put your arm out and stop it. But it's first mistake all season and it's, and it's the, you know, the most costly one. And a lot of people are saying, well, Longstaff was, 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 was there. Was it a red card? You know, it, it I was, mean, it was a red it card. Was a red card. I, 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 obviously, on. we were all fighting for the black and white, but it was <laughs> red card. You know, Salah was, was through... Yeah. And it is, it is harsh, of course it is, in terms of him missing the final. But, you know, it's not harsh in terms of the rules because the rules are, you know, you've, you've stopped a goal-scoring opportunity. Um, of course, as you mentioned there, Martin Dubravka replaced him, came on and did did very well, did I thought. Very well, and, um, very well. Again, just adds salt into the wounds <laughs> is the fact that he can't replace Nick Pope. And yeah. Carrius, though, for all, uh, he hasn't played a competitive match in, in goodness knows how long, how long we're talking. I think his last competitive game was 2021. His last game in England for a competitive game in England was the Champions League final. Goodness me, that is a long time. I mean, how many prime minutes has we had since then? Four, five, four, five, I think. But, you know, he did play in the friendly in Saudi and he impressed and I know the levels are nowhere near what we're expecting on Sunday against Manchester United. But, you know, the romantic in you might say, well, he has the headline to be written. It is, it is, and I've said this in the office, I know I've told you off camera, it is absolutely nailed on that Newcastle United win this final on penalties and Loris Carrius is the hero of the day. It's just, you could not write a script like it and he's going to get that fairy tale end and I'm just, I can feel it in my bones. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see the headlines being written, you know, an ex, ex-Liverpool goalkeeper who was uh, hounded out for a mistake wearing, yeah. wearing the red of Merseyside actually, you know, uh, you know stops there, one of their... Fiercest rivals from picking up the, the first couple of the season. Yeah, I mean, in all seriousness, I know we're joking about Karis, but you know, for him, it's it's going to be a huge game because you know his his career basically fell off a cliff after that game. He really, really struggled. You know, he and I was sort of reading a piece on it today about him receiving death threats off Liverpool fans, and you know, to sort of be you know kicked to the curb by the club and having to try and rebuild your career in Turkey, Germany, for him personally, it is going to be a huge game. And I think Eddie Howe, you know, is probably the perfect man to be having the arm around the shoulder this week and to say, whatever has happened in the past, it doesn't matter. And also, everything you hear out of the club is how well he trains, how good of an influence he is. And Newcastle United would not have kept him on the books in December if he was not good enough to be at the club. Well, that was my first thought when we all realised it would probably be him starting in net at Wembley. Was that... As you said there, you know, he's clearly done enough for Eddie yeah. Howe and the club to keep him on because he was only meant to be in there for a few months, wasn't mm-hmm. he? Um, until maybe Dubravka could potentially come back and they've kept him on. And, you know, if it's good enough for Eddie Howe, then it's good enough for, for fans to back him and believe him. And, and to be fair, I've not seen people getting on his back at all. No, you know, because I don't think anyone it goes would. back to, to the kind of the, the, the mantra Eddie Howe has, isn't it? You know, we win together, we mm-hmm. lose together. And, you know, let's get behind him because at the end of the day, it's a team game. Um, I mean, David says yeah, he's not too worried about the goalkeeper situation, more concerned about scoring goals, <laughs> which is, 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 is a valid point. And, you know, we will get on talents at Maxman in a moment because he looked like the man who could score uh, against Liverpool. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. But what I want to do is just hear from um, Eddie Howe, because we've got a clip from his press conference after the game against Liverpool and he was asked about Nick Pope so this is what he had to say yeah he's very disappointed understandably as we are for him he's been magnificent this season for us he doesn't deserve to, to miss the game but it is what it is we'll, we'll see um, what our options are um, but we have Lorius and, and Mark who have trained really really well this season they've been a part of the goalkeeping team all, all season um, they're both fit and ready to play just looking at Eddie Howe there before we got into what he said about Nick Pope, in listening to him, he looked a little bit dejected. I mean, you spend uh, you know more time in press conferences than I do. Um, is that a fair kind of analysis of what we've just watched there, or is that kind of what he's always like? Um, he's always very calm. You know, win, lose, or draw. He never gets too animated. He, I think you could tell he was he was you know very disappointed for Pope. You know, personally, I think. You know, he, he did admit in the press conference that he hadn't spoken to Pope since the game had finished, but he could see he was visibly, uh, you know, sort of upset by it. But I, I think he he just felt for his goalkeeper in that moment, you know, given you know the sort of the the size of the error. So how does he pick Nick Pope up? Because obviously he's going to be devastated. It's like you put the lottery on every week, isn't it? And the one week you forget, your numbers come up. I imagine that's kind of the, the feeling. Um, how does he pick him up for? You know, I mean, because he's obviously going to be involved, isn't he? He's going to be in the dressing room. He's going yeah. to be on the on the plane down. He's going to be involved, and he's going to have to put on a brave face, I imagine, because clearly he's going to be hurting inside when them players go out. But you don't want to show that. You don't want to let on that because that will impact the dressing room. Yeah, look, there's absolutely no doubt he's going to be he's going to be on a personal level devastated. But you know, I've spoken to former teammates and, and coaches of Pope, you know, for past pieces, and they all say the same thing about his character. His testament. He's the nicest, you know, bloke you could ever wish to meet. He's clearly a very, very good trainer. Look, he's an England international with plenty of experience. He'll know that he's got to still do his bit for the team. Eddie Howell want him to still do his bit for the team. And I don't think you know there's there's going to be any sort of doubt about him sulking or, or anything like that. Not not a chance. No, no. Fingers crossed. And like I say, it's just a terrible shame that he's he's he's, he's going to be missing. Um, the the defeat in general. What does Eddie Howe say to those players? What do you think he said afterwards in the dressing room? Was it right? This is this is what's happened. We push it away now, and our focus is. I don't know whether back in training on Sunday, back in training today, the focus is just on that final. And if that was the message, how easy is it to do that? Do you think because you know it's one thing saying it, but you know you want beaten ones come to an end. You've lost your goalkeeper. You know you're gonna. It's gonna be on your mind. I'm not so sure that you know there will need to be this big inquest and about putting out the back of their minds because actually Eddie Howe came out in the press conference and said he was really happy with the manner of the performance. He was really happy with how the players defended. He was really happy with the fact that they could have probably got back into the game. So I think more than anything, he'll be saying we need that type of performance that we had, you know, for 70 minutes on Saturday. We need that at Wembley. If you can cut out those early mistakes and you know just sharpen up a few things. Um, I don't think I don't think he'll be you know I don't think it'll be a case of him having to completely you know g the players up again. I think I think the performance was good enough you know to sort of to warrant that they can just you know sort of go again on Sunday. Hmm. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think they played as I I said to you off off camera. There's a, there's a, there's a way to lose a game against ten men, and yeah. as it is, that's probably one of the better ways to lose a game because. You're going off thinking well, we could have we could have had at least a point there. We could have won the game had we mm-hmm. taken our chances. It wasn't a cricket score. It wasn't a collapse. 
And for all Liverpool fans might say, well, it was us that took our foot off the gas. In reality, Newcastle pressed them. And at times, they, they, they really struggled. And one man they struggled in particular with mm-hmm. was Alan St. Maxwell. And I am so relieved that we can now stop saying, ah, remember that Man City game? He was excellent <laughs> against Kyle Walker. I terrorised him. We can now say, remember that Liverpool game? Against he was Trent. the best player. <laughs> And they couldn't handle him that double up on him. He created chances. He looked energetic. He looked like the Maxi of old. I'm so happy that we would, we don't have to talk about that Man City game as good as it was anymore. Maybe he's just got a thing. He loves playing against English right backs because he tore Kyle Walker apart and he gave Trent Alexander-Arnold a real you know fright at some stages on, on Saturday. He's got to start next week, hasn't he? Well, I think he's probably played his way into to the starting eleven. I think before this game... Mm-hmm. Not a chance. If you'd asked me, no, he wouldn't. He wouldn't have got into the into the, the the cup final team. But I think based on what we saw on Saturday against ten men, he just looked like the only one that could really do anything. I mean, the the, the, the cross that he put into Isaac and Isaac flashed one wide. It was brilliant because you know he went forward, went back, and then pulled it back. It was it was it was good, and it, it should have been in the back of the net really. But yeah, I think he's probably played his way into the start at eleven. I know we're waiting on Joe Willick and if yeah. he's going to be fit or not. Mm-hmm. And anyhow, doesn't really like the change from his first eleven. But you know, if Joe Willick's not one hundred percent fit, are you going to risk him? Mm-hmm. And I just think what we saw from Maxi with Newcastle, a man down. What, what could we get with Newcastle level pegging? He's the ultimate con- confidence player, and nothing will have given more co- more confidence than coming off Twitter. Uh, sorry, coming off the pitch and going on to Twitter and seeing every single Newcastle United fan pretty much in unison saying. He was the best player on the pitch. You know, I mean, I know, you know, on the Chronicle, we put a tweet out yesterday saying, should he start? And I looked at the replies to that, expecting it to be a bit mixed. 90% of those fans wanted him to start. And I think for a player like Maxi, in a game like that, in a final, he'll want to show up. And I, I, I'm i the same as you. I think if you'd asked me a week or two ago, you know, I would have said his cameo performances haven't been good enough. But if he can replicate what he did on Saturday uh, Wembley, they've got a huge chance of getting something. You kind of just wind them up, don't you? Yeah. And then you let them go and you say, come on then. Because this is 90 minutes of football. You don't get a second chance here. This is now or never. And and, and maybe he is the perfect person to, to like I say, wind up and, and let go. And this is someone who's been very critical of him over the last couple of months. But yeah, I, I was really impressed with him on, on Saturday. And I was impressed with Isaac as well. I know um, he, he flashed one wide. But he, again, you know... He's got good, good control of the ball. He, for his stature, you know, he doesn't look like a Premier League striker, but he's got a bit about him, hasn't he? And he can use his body. He's got a bit of strength about him. And there was instances where he was just trying to carry the ball forward and Liverpool was struggling mm-hmm. to get it off him. Uh, I think he just needs a couple more goals to get it going. But yeah, I was, I was, I was impressed with him as well. And I think it gives Eddie Howe a bit of a dilemma um, on, on Sunday Regarding who does he start? Do you start your number nine, Callum Wilson, who obviously only what got twenty minutes or so? Um, how is he going to train this week? Is going to be the big question. Or do you start your sixty million pound man, who impressed again with Newcastle at a disadvantage? Yeah, look, I think a lot of it in in terms of Maxi, I think depends on on other situations. It depends, as you say, on Willock's fitness. There's you know a couple of headaches elsewhere. Does he go? You know, with Target, I mean, I, I don't think he's going to bring Target back in, but I know there's a couple of people saying Byrne has maybe looked a bit out of sorts of late. I think Byrne does keep his place. but And then, obviously, you've got Wilson and Isaac. Does he have to move Isaac out wider? It, there's going to be a lot of moving parts this week. It'll depend how a lot of them train. As you know, Eddie Howe obviously makes it clear very you know, very often that he likes to you know judge it on their training sessions. Um, so I don't envy him. But they've got options, which is good. You know, They're going to have options off the bench. Gordon is going to be off the bench. Maxi potentially to come off the bench so it's looking a lot brighter than it did a couple of weeks ago Got loads of people in the comments on about this one so David says let's start both together Ian says he wants Isaac to start 100% not a big fan of Wilson uh, Joe says let's start St Maximum Joe Linson Miggy and, and Bruno uh, Joe let us know who you're starting up top there um, who else have we got we got Andrew saying it's got to be Maxi, Isaac and Miggy is the front three. Roger says, is it too late to choose the number nine spot? Isaac for me, um, as him and Maxi are bouncing together. That's a very good point. I think the 
they look very good together on the pitch and, and Max he's you know spoke about it how he's already feels like he's he's formed a partnership with them. I know that the two of them are obviously both asking for, you know, extra training sessions when they were trying to pick up, you know, the pace. So yeah, I, I think the two of those together look really dangerous and I've just remembered that Anthony Gordon actually won't be available. See, I, Saturday, I, was, see, I yeah. was coming up in the comments then. Yeah. I was thinking, I definitely didn't say that. Yeah, it was that was me saying that. It's all right, listeners and viewers. We're just testing that you are paying attention. I knew. And he's a pass for flying colours. Yeah, he's so. a wall pass. Thanks for all these comments. Um, yeah, I mean, because the, I, like I say, just with it being that one game where obviously you can't you can't get a point, and you know, you know, this is the one moment to make history. And I think, I think I would. I think I would start Isaac. I think I would start Isaac and, and um, St. Maxman. But I, but, I'm, but I'm I really think you'll start Wilson. I think. I think you'll start Wilson. And as much as I'm talking St. Maxman up, I think if Joe Willick is fit, he goes. He goes. Joe, Joe I think Willick. he goes to that team that he's he's played for the yeah. large part of the season. Yeah, I I I don't think you're you're far wrong. A lot depends on on the fitness this week. Willick to come back in that space of time would be, you know, considering he hasn't trained, would be almost miraculous. Wilson obviously came through that half an hour very well on Saturday. Howe said he, you know, he was pleased that he managed to get through it unscathed. I don't envy him making this decision this week, but I think you're right. I think he goes back to that tried and tested team if he's got all the players available. Yeah, I mean, it's a good option to have. I mean, it would be nice to have the full squad to pick from, wouldn't it? But it is, a, it is a good dilemma. To definitely have you mentioned there, Dan Byrne. Um, how do you think he did against Liverpool? You know, there's no debate in his his effort and his commitment and his Gibble would say he's got the heart size of a frying pan. <laughs> but you know, again, I mean, he wasn't exposed. I don't think it was as exposed as he was against Bournemouth. But you know, it's probably coming to the stages in it where 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 you you got to say right, if we've got a proper left back there. An out and out defined left back. We've got to get him back in. But as you say, is Matt Target going to be? I mean, a, is Matt Target going to be fit and ready enough for the final? Which is probably no. And B, would Eddie Howe do that to Dan Byrne? Again, the answer I would think is probably no. I think Byrne actually did okay on Saturday night. I thought, you know, going into the game, I was a bit worried that you know he was up against Salah and Trent is obviously going to be bombing on. But I thought he held his own. I thought he was probably he was arguably the best of the four defenders for me. Um, but I just think this weekend against either Sancho or Anthony, you, you do sort of worry that maybe he's the one to get exposed. Um, Target obviously came back at the weekend. He was involved in another 21 game. Um, so it's good to see him back playing. But I think I think Byrne keeps his spot. And, and that question about you know who comes in is probably safe for a, you know, a later day. Maybe I was watching a different game then because Ian says Byrne was decent for me. To kind of phrase, says Byrne was class this weekend. So... Um, Always nice to be told I'm I'm incorrect. I'm seeing a lot of people talking about uh, the My United Leicester City game um, because we did learn a, a few things from that game. A, um, I think as David said in the comments, My United are not unbeatable. You know they won that game comfortably in the end, but they could have been two or three down yeah. in the opening twenty minutes or so, and it was just Leicester not taking the chances. David to get making some fantastic saves, you know, but I, I guess the point comes to what we said earlier in the show, you know, like Newcastle, Leicester just lacking that clinical touch and, and it's no good having those chances, forcing great saves, hitting the woodwork, if at the end of the game, the little graphic in the top corner is uh, not in your favour. Yeah, I was having a little little chuckle at myself when David De Gea pulled off that second worldie in the space of 10 minutes, just thinking, you know, <laughs> poor Nick Pope has just had the complete opposite weekend to, to here, but, um, they are beatable. Leicester, as you say, could have you know really were really really put the pressure on early. Um, they've got a very very big game on Thursday against Barcelona, which we need to keep our fingers crossed goes to extra time because we need those tired bodies. Um, but look, with Casemiro, who's been absolutely fantastic, they look really really good. Rashford has just hit this purple patch. But but the, the the game is there to be won. I don't think you know it would be a massive shock if Newcastle won, even though you know they haven't had the best preparation. Um, but certainly at the minute, Man United have got the advantage. And a lot of people, including myself, 
shocked that Sabotizer escaped a red card. I'm not really sure what the video assistant referee was looking at. A lot of people are saying, well, you slow it down, you take a still image, it looks horrendous. But I think even in real time, it doesn't look very pretty at all. And even if you have to slow it down and get a still image and it looks horrendous, that is the whole point of VR, you mm -hmm. know, not to manipulate what you see, but to, to see it for what it is. And I've got to be honest, and, and by the way, um, I'm seeing a few people saying that uh, David Coote was the video assistant referee. We've done a bit of a search. He wasn't. We believe he was the video assistant referee for the Spurs game, yeah. but it was Paul Teeny who was the re the video assistant referee for the My United game and would have been the person who did or didn't look at that incident. So no conspiracy theories, please, about <laughs> the referee on Sunday. He's not a Manchester United fan. We're just gonna just gonna reaffirm that. But that should have been a red card. And quite honestly, scrap the whole system. If that is getting away. He's getting away with that. What is the point with VR? It's not. I'm not complaining mostly because, you know, we don't want him involved in the in the in, in the final. You know, I haven't seen enough of him to be fear, fear, fearful of him. Mm -hmm. I'm just talking genuine, generally. Mm -hmm. If if it's not doing its job, how how are we here again? About it feels VAR? like it feels like every week we come in on on a Monday, don't we? And we've got a different gripe about, you know, someone. I mean, there was obviously three last week, and you know, Lee Mason. Um, Quit and now we've obviously got this. I think, you know, even taking the Newcastle black and white tinted spectacles off, you look at that and you think it's a red card. Um, how VR hasn't then gone back and said, actually, you need to at least have a look at this. It's, yeah, it's just beyond me. And I think when you look at Sabitza's challenge and how high it was compared to Bruno's against Southampton, and where Bruno, yes, you know, fair play did foul him, but he was low, he was just a bit late and, you know, it was just above the ankle. It's just it's baffling, but just yeah. where the consistency is because I've actually got no issue with Bruno being sent off. It was not a good challenge, and mm -hmm. I can see why he's been red carded for that. If that was the other way around, we we'd 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 be wanting the opposition player sent off. My anger comes at the lack of consistency because I just it's not even like it's not even a debatable thing. You know, the the, the video Paul Tini has to be in the air. The referee saying. Go and have a look at this. I just, I just, what is he, what is he looking at? Has he gone for a cup of tea? I don't know. It baffles me. But it, as you say, we're, we're sat here every week talking about it. Clearly something needs to change, the need, whether it's getting pros involved or just getting, not scrapping the whole thing. But, you know, it, it is the Engl the same English refs that are making mistakes on the pitch that are making them in Stockley Park. So we just need to keep our fingers crossed that there's no, you know, Perfect performance on the referee Sunday. No, you know, big debate points that we're, that we're talking about next Monday when Newcastle are being robbed. Do you know what? Someone just go in and just remove the cables. Yeah. So it just you know, we just can't even we can't it, even yeah. be back here on Monday next week talking about it. But you know what? We will be back here uh, on Monday talking about Newcastle United winning the cup, right? Yeah, then Carius, yeah, being the penalty hero. Joe certainly agrees. It doesn't matter who turns up against us. The cup is ours. There we go. I'm loving that yep. response from Joe. Let's then talk a bit more about the final. We've got loads of great content coming up on the podcast channel. You'll have a uh, an episode with Tommy Craig tomorrow, which is going to be uh, a nice one to listen to. You can also see the print version of that in our Wembley supplement. Still time to pick yours up if you get it. If you haven't already, sorry. We'll have John Gibson live in the studio as well on Wednesday. Then on Thursday, we've got Matty from the Magpie channel coming in to get the fans' view and then we'll have the view from the opposition on Saturday, on Friday, sorry. So much going on, I'm getting my days mixed up. And then on Saturday, me and Aaron heading down to London with Kieran Kelly and Lee Ryder, and we'll upload um, quite a few episodes on YouTube video episodes and podcast episodes um, live in London and our live events in the Dolphin and the Nags Head and Covent Garden. And then like kind of a video diary I think we're going to do with our Greg Sandwiches in the morning. Sounds good to me. That's yeah. the idea. If you're paying. If I'm paying, fantastic, I'll expense it. And then we're going to go from, we're going from Sunderland, aren't we, as well? Yeah. So um, if you're getting the train from Sunderland and you spot us, come and say hello. We're also getting a flag done as well. I'm going to mention that. Thanks to uh, Gavin from Websites and Print in South Shields. He's, uh, he's kindly given us a flag, so hopefully we'll have that later this week. We'll have it in time for Wembley, and I'll be back in the studio next week, hopefully as well, 
on the back of a, a cup cup uh, cup victory. So lots of exciting stuff to to get on with and to watch out for. Um, have the nerves started to build yet? Do you think? A little bit. I came in this morning and there's a little bit of a different feeling, you know, than coming to work on a normal Monday. I think by the time we get the Friday, by the time we're on that train Saturday, you know, the nerves will build. I can't even imagine what you're going to be like, seeing how, you know, petrified you were for the semi-final. Do you know what, <laughs> you know what right? I, I, I'm not, if This time, in this, the second leg, the, this many days between the game and, um, and yeah, the, to, from now to the game... I was really nervous. I was rocking back and forth. Yeah. I, you know, I remember my partner saying, "What is what is wrong with you?" And I just, I couldn't. I was so nervous. I think it was just the anticipation, and and, and being so close, you can almost touch your train tickets. So to do you, get down to do you feel like now it's going to be different because the semi final nerves are all about right. They're so close to Wembley. We've got to get there. Now they're there. Look, I think even a, if they lose the final, which we don't want to happen. They've still done like they've still made it there. Yeah. You still got to watch Newcastle United in the final. It's a different type of nerves now, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And I think you've hit the nail on the head there. For me, being nervous as a fan was all about Newcastle getting there and being so close, and just how devastating it would be to 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 miss out after you know winning that first leg and arguably going should have gone in to the second leg. You know, two or three goals to to the good. Um, it's a different kind of nerves this time around, though, because I think. It's it's excitement more than anything. Excitement for the experience. I mean, to get down on the train in amongst all the fans who are going to be having a jolly good time, and to be, you know, in amongst the fans at the Dolphin, which is going to be fantastic, and then at Trafalgar Square and the Nag said, you know, it's going to be excitement more than nerves. I think because we've we've done the hard part essentially. Yeah. Newcastle, Newcastle have done the hard part in many ways getting there. Now it's just about ninety minutes of football, and whatever happens, you know, Tyneside's going to be proud of you. Fans across the globe, wearing black and white, are going to be proud of the of the, of the team. You know, whatever's going to happen, they're going to give their all as well. So, yeah, I think I think this week will be all just be about excitement and getting down there and getting amongst the atmosphere. The nerves you felt for the semi final, nah, I don't, I'm, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I I think you've you've hit the nail on the head there. I think it's excitement now more than nerves, isn't it? I'm sure when kickoff comes, there will be nerves, but at the minute it's just. You just want it to be Saturday, don't you? You just mm. want to get this week out of the way and then and then you're there. So what is Eddie Howe doing then this week in terms of prep, do you think? What is he is he showing them DVDs of Joe Harvey lifting the cup up <laughs> to James Park in fifty uh, two and as captain and then uh, you know, sixty nine as manager, is he is he delivering FaceTime calls from Kevin Keegan or is he just concentrating on what his, his side can do? He did actually, you know, sort of tell us last week that they were considering getting former players in. They did have players from around Keegan's uh, era in about a month ago, which is, is, you know, very good to see. Howe's made it clear ever since he came that, you know, he really wants to um, utilise the sort of players of the past. I think they'll be, I don't know how much training they'll do. I know that, you know, they had yesterday off. They'll probably be back in today. And then, yeah, I think... um, I think they'll be, well, look, Eddie Howe's you know, made it clear that the last couple of games it's been focused on the Premier League. I think now that you know they're finally here, it's, it's, it's full throttle now. They can actually you know, fully go in with the game plan. I'm sure Howe and Tindall off the pitch have been you know, discussing it, but now the players will be involved. Um, and yeah, I think it's just making sure, especially with Carrius, you know, that he's up to speed, match fit. Gillespie as well, just in case. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Yeah, will, you, will how be watching that that game against Barcelona? Do you think? Oh, absolutely, definitely. Without a shadow of a doubt, you will be. Yeah. I mean, how do you stop Marcus Rashford? The key question is, and how did Newcastle United stop Marcus Rashford? Rashford. It, look, it's going to be interesting. I don't think you know there's an answer to say how do you stop him. He's in such a great form. Any time he touches the ball in and around the 18-yard box at the minute, he looks like he's going to score. Very, very interesting to see where he plays for Manchester United on Sunday because obviously we know that he can play down the left or down the right um, with obviously, depends whether Weghorst plays. Um, but look, he's probably the most informed player in the Premier League and Newcastle need to find a way to stop him on Sunday. Peter says, nope, sorry lads, it's nerves, all right. Um, and David says, we don't condone this at all, by the way, David, but he says we just kick Marcus Rashford. So, I mean, that's your take. I'm not sure uh, that'll be any house take. Um, Jory says, um, stop the supply to Rashford, which means you stop Fernandez. And Roger says, Bruno uh, uh, and Botman will smash him, I'm sure, in the most polite form of manner. But, you know, do Newcastle have the players to stop him? I think they do. You know, Botman, for all he hasn't been. At his best recently, and you, you throw the whole defence into that. You know that back four, meanest defence in, in the Premier League, kept all them clean sheets. You know, if they're on their day, they can sh- they can shut out Rashford easily. Absolutely, I mean they already have done this season at Old Trafford, of course, yeah. and I mean look, Manchester United and Marcus Rashford were in a very different game of form when they met earlier this season. But Trippier knows a lot about them from England. You'd fancy Botman, you know, on his day to be able to match him. Um, but as somebody, you know, just said in the comments there, a lot of it depends on Bruno Fernandes. A lot of it depends on Casemiro coming back because, you know, Manchester United just looks so much better with him in the team. Um, so, look, the, there's going to be players all over the pitch that need to stop. Jaden Sancho's come back into form. It's, it's going to be a very, very tricky afternoon. But you'd fancy Newcastle on a day to match them again. 100%. And I'm confident whatever happens, they're going to give Manchester United... A real, real game, but I'm, I'm quite confident, you know. Yeah, look, I think we're going to be sat here in a week's time, Monday afternoon. Loris Carrius on the green screen, lifting the cup, continuing his 100% records of playing for Newcastle United in cup finals and winning. So there we go. Let's just then run through your team before we sign off. Before I get your score prediction, so Carrius and goal. Yeah. Keew and Trippi at right back. Yeah. Botman and Share in the middle. Yeah. With Dan Byrne left. Yeah. Yeah. And then Joe Linson, Longstaff, Bruno. Hang on, though. Is ah. everybody fit and available? Everyone's fit and available. How how fit and available are they? Are they... Are they, are they... <sighs> Let's just... Well, what Everyone is 100% fit and available. We'll say that. Bruno... Oh, Bruno... I'm glad you're not paid to make the decisions. Bruno, Joe Linton, Longstaff... Bruno, Joe Linton, and Longstaff. So in the middle, yeah, and then Miggy, Maxi, and Wilson. So Joe Willick, despite yeah. being one hundred percent fit, yeah, in this scenario, by the way, ladies and gents, we, yeah. we haven't got that confirmed. Would miss out. Yeah, yeah. Why? If you'd asked me a week ago, he wouldn't have. But I just think I'm really, really wanting some maximum to start now when he changes things and. I get what you mean and what we said earlier. I think how probably doesn't do that. I think if Willick is fit enough, I think he does revert to that team that did so well from over Christmas. But I'm just really excited to see St Maxim. And I think everybody said for weeks he needs to start showing you know, off the bench. He needs to prove he's, he's got a future here. And he's put in one of his best performances in a long time. And I think he should start on Sunday. Joe Linton's going to be key as well, isn't he? Yeah, huge. Good to see that, you know, whatever scare there was on Saturday, he seems to have... It was more uh, precautionary. Yeah, look, he, he, he made it clear to Howe and Tyndall that he didn't want to come off. I love that. He kept shouting over, I'm OK, I'm OK. And poor Matt Ritchie was already stripped and ready to go. And Howe actually had a bit of a word with him when he came off and said, you know, I'm doing this for you. And um, So hopefully, I mean, Howe wouldn't really speak about it too much after the game. Obviously, they'll have needed to you know, assess him, but he says he's hopeful for Sunday. So. He's just been an absolute force, hasn't yeah. he? He's, he's the new sort of... Steady Eddie, isn't he? Every week, you know, he's doing seven or eight out of ten for me, if not more. So, 
yeah, it, I think it would be a, a huge blow for you, Mrs. Sunday. Stolen Paul Dummett's record, yeah, has he? Yeah, he's the new 7. Well, no, I feel like 7 out of 10 is too much of a insult. I think he's the new 8 out of 10. 7 out of 10 every week's not a bad, not a bad mark. Um, yeah, it's been very impressive. And I do think if anyone's going to have a massive impact, and we know how big Bruno's going to be, I think he Bruno more maybe the creative spark. Yeah. I think Joe Linton's just going to be that kind of, tank that you drive through the wall isn't he yeah he's going to be he's going to be crucial for dealing with Bruno Fernandes and Fred and Casemiro which is probably the three they go with what's your team though That's my team I my team I think is probably is that but I would play Isaac instead of Wilson really yeah because Isaac and Maxi are just gelling a little bit um that would be my team. However, Eddie Howe's team, you can take out. Uh, you can take out Maxi. I think. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It all depends on Willick and to recover from a hamstring. Do that. You know, did seem serious when he came off at Palace. I think. Sorry, at uh, at Bournemouth. I think it. It would be a, a miracle if he's back. But look, fingers crossed he, he comes through it this week. Well, we'll look forward to speaking to Eddie Howe later this week and get confirmation hopefully on. Um, the knocks that some of the players have had and hopefully uh, Joe Willick comes through whatever fitness test he's going to have to have because it'd just be nice to have that option as well more than anything um, and hopefully they get through training unscathed and they go into the, you know, the final few days of this week in good spirits which I think they will do as I say I think that Liverpool defeat you can take loads of positives from that I'm certainly I'm a lot happier with it than I was the previous few uh, draws they've had so um, if my Spirits, anything to go by. I'm sure you guys listening and watching are also just as happy as uh, me and Aaron. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah. obviously not happy to lose, but happy by the manner of the defeat. Now, head over to chroniclelive.co.uk to keep with it with all the latest Newcastle United news. Hit the subscribe button on YouTube and on the podcast channel. Buy the Wembley. Try that again. Buy the Wembley supplement if you already haven't done. Loads of great stuff in there. And just finally, Aaron. Are Newcastle United going to win the Carabao Cup? Yes. There we have it, ladies and gents. Don't write in if he's wrong. Thank you very much for watching. <laughs> this has been the Everything is Black and White podcast. <laughs>